Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. We go live every Monday and Wednesday at 9.05-ish, right around in that note. We are live on Facebook, on YouTube, and for the first time, we are streaming to my Twitter page, Atlanta on uh, my Atlanta Falcons Twitter page, which I can't remember the name for it. It's like All Falcons or something like that. Atlanta Falcons, All Falcons ATL, I think is what it's called. If you're there, you know what it is. Uh, appreciate you having it there. Make sure you hit like, check in, see what you say hello. <clears throat> if you're watching from a new spot, let us know. Uh, my name is Scott Kennedy. I am in Atlanta. This guy over here, he is Nick Kendall. We've been doing this for almost three years together now. Actually, maybe over three years together now, Nick. <laughs> and we have a good time doing this. We're going to talk some Falcons this morning. We're glad to have you with us. Nick, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I had a good time up in the North Cascades this last week. Did some uh, hiking in a mountain cabin with some friends and saw all the fall colors. And looks like the rain's coming starting next week out here. So that uh, that sun setting on that uh, good weather window we have out here in Seattle and getting excited for uh, heading off to Denver to see a lot of uh, Broncos folks next week. Yeah, the last couple of weeks here in Atlanta have been just perfect. Just, just perfect. It's been a little dry. I could use a little rain. Um, but, uh, that might be coming this weekend too. So it has been just perfect. Falcons coming off a big win. Um, it was an important win. You know, some of the, we talked about that on Monday that the, the, the Houston Texans are an up and coming team. They had, they were coming off two really good wins, including over the, the, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Pittsburgh Steelers two and oh, the Falcons were zero and two feeling bad about themselves. They win that game and statistically all but turnovers, they dominated that game. Any place you look, they had a pretty significant edge, except the score and turnovers. Funny how those things come together, Nick. I mean, you know me. I'm, I'm a kind of a little bit of an old football head sometime. I will scream turnovers. I will scream special teams. 
those areas, I mean, to, what is it? The, the percentage of a team that it's like two plus on the turnover margin, they win like 90% of the games. If it's three plus, it's like 97. I mean, you got to take the ball away and protect the football. So yeah, the Falcons still winning 21 to 19, despite having a two to zero turnover differential is pretty rare and shows that, you know, mm-hmm. protect the ball. I mean, it was good to see, you know, Desmond Ritter, uh, probably his best game of his career. I think that's maybe safe to say on that, uh, but got to protect the ball a little bit better as well. Well, one of the reasons we do this live, <clears throat> the main reason we do this live is because we like to have an audience that's in here that interacts with us. So we want to say hello to some of the folks that have checked in this morning already. Bubba Gump's one of those. Big Ant says, good morning, Scott and Nick, as well as all you fellow Falcons fans in the chat. That's all y'all. John Harrell, good to see you this morning. And thank you again last uh, on Monday for that generous super chat you you mm-hmm. sent our way. We certainly appreciate it. it. Says good morning, Scott and the Falcons family. That's that's all y'all. That's that's Nick too. You've been adopted. Uh Kevin F says, Good morning, Scott. I'll switch over to Facebook shortly. We'll be looking for you. Um, I'm not streaming it any longer to my Scott Kennedy sports page for the Falcons page. That's turned into like a big general interest. It's mm-hmm. really it's it's doubled in size in the last month. And I put all kinds of stuff on there, so I'm not doing a team-specific podcast on there anymore. Uh, but I will use my my Twitter page. So hopefully you you're, you're found us on the Facebook page, which is uh, you know Atlanta Falcons fans on all Falcons. That's that's the big Falcons portal. Yeah, uh, and just again, Desmond Ritter. I wanted to circle back. I mean, it's obviously going to be a big topic, but uh, 87.9 PFF grade is best so far by a lot this season. Zero turnover-worthy plays. Um, not putting the ball on the ground. I mean, he's that's what you want. You want that confidence in there. And he outdueled CJ Stroud, who had been the flavor du jour for the young quarterbacks. And Ritter had a great game and excited to see that for him. Let's see if we can stack him now. Yeah. Silas says, Silas Draven says, Good morning, everyone. And, and that's what we talked about last week. I asked you after two, well, really, you know, four subpar games in a row, you know, but the last one was maybe his worst one in Jacksonville. You know, we asked, you know, is it too soon to pull the plug? No, 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 it's not. It's not. Is it too soon to say you've got the answer? Yes. Yes, it is. It, it is. There's, uh, I said on Monday night, see if you agree with me. I said, you, you're really not even sure after the first year. It, we could get into year two before we've really, truly got an idea of what we've got here in Desmond Ritter. Yeah, and fair or not, because of his draft status, he's not going to get the same opportunities runway as uh, other players are. I mean, we kind of see some still too early to say it's going to work out, but some patience and just, I guess, opportunity. And you have Zach Wilson looking as competent as he's ever looked. Justin Fields has been on an unbelievable tear the last two weeks. The sample size is minuscule. We'll see how it plays out over time. Uh, but yeah, no, he played extremely well. And that's a solid, well-coached uh, defense that the Texans have there. So uh, hats off to Ritter. If he can start keep playing like that, this is an Atlanta team that probably wins the NFC South. Uh, we can get into that a little bit too, because you know the Saints are the Saints are three and two as well. The, the Buccaneers are doing well. The, the Saints, I don't believe, have been tested yet, um, really at all. Well, and we can we can get into that as well. I'm not knocking the Saints. Uh, it's just that I don't know that what they've they've proven just yet, mm-hmm. and not saying they won't. Like I said, I'm not knocking them. I'm knocking their schedule a little bit, but we'll get into that. We can get into all that stuff too. Robert Stevens says, "Good morning, Dirty Bird Nation. Big win on Sunday." Got some much-needed wide receiver depth yesterday. Let's talk about that a little bit as we're moving down here. Let's say hello to, to uh, Raymond Collins, too. Good morning, Raymond. He says, good morning, Scott, and everyone else. He's got a big flex. And then John Harrell brings us up, so we'll we'll come full circle on this. Says, I'm not sure I've ever heard of trading for a player, getting the player, and a draft pick for a draft pick. 
it actually it happens all the time. It happens yeah. if players are about to get cut. Um, it happened last week with Randy Gregory going to the San Francisco 49ers. They sent Randy Gregory and a seventh rounder. The San Francisco 49ers sent back a six rounder and a million in cash. Basically, they said, we'll pick up a million dollars of his current salary. So they that, that happens all the time, because if not, he was about to get cut. So you see it. That that's when it happens mostly mm-hmm. is when players just instead of cutting this guy, why don't you give us an upgraded draft pick, pick up a little bit of money, and then you don't have to try and get him through waivers and you don't have to compete with other teams. We'll just send them right to you. So it does happen all the time. That's what happened with wide receiver Van Jefferson, who has put up some numbers in this league. That's a that's a receiver who has some NFL experience. What what can you tell us about him, Nick? Van Jefferson, I believe, was a third round pick coming out of University of Florida, uh, not an overly dynamic athlete uh, for the wide receiver position. Uh, I mean, he's still, you know, dynamic athlete because he plays in the believe in NFL. But uh, for, compared to wide receivers, you know, he's not out there making explosive plays or guys miss left and right. But man, he it was out of coming out of Florida, a phenomenal route runner, um, very technical in his craft and ability to get separation and run routes and somebody that I think can play a little bit of Z and a little bit of slot. Uh, he looked pretty good out there in Los Angeles for the Rams early in his contract, but they've drafted wide receivers that have jumped him that are playing better. I mean, we all know at this point, Pukunakua has been probably one of the biggest surprise rookies this year. Uh, fourth round, third or fourth round pick has been awesome for the Rams. I think he second in the NFL in yards. Cooper Cup is back. Tutu Atwell has been climbing the ladder there in Los Angeles. So Jefferson's somebody I think he's going to eat into the snaps of you know your scotty miller types uh by a good bit um your hodge type as well he's not going to really eat into Pitts, london uh hollands just a totally different type of receiver and somebody that can be an offensive chain mover you know you got you got man coverage we know we're going to get a slant with him that he's going to be able to get open does he sound because he's he's uh like you said canero hodge that's the for me the guy that should be you know looking over his shoulder a little bit and maybe even to a certain extent mac hollands you know that little two-man rotation right there does his skill set fit what this team is missing when you talk about, you know, a technical route runner as opposed to, you know, a couple, you know, stilts out there that you're you're throwing the ball up and making plays? Does does he fit what this team is missing to a certain extent? I think he does to a certain extent. Uh, it would be nicer if, you know, he had a little bit more yak ability after the catch on those underneath areas. But uh, still, it's somebody that, like, if you're getting man coverage on third down, you need somebody who is a good route runner that, you know, you isolate them against a nickel corner in the slot. And whether it be an out route, a fade, a slant, a crossing route, uh, you can get across. And Jefferson was a second-round pick. Okay, I remember pretty good player out of Florida, a little bit limitation in terms of the athleticism, but a good player, so coming out of Florida. So, yeah, I think he is – he's unlike a skill set that you have to the quality that he is, in my opinion, uh, on this current Falcons roster. So he should help multiply – or uh, adds a multiplicity uh, to your pass catchers, which is always a good thing. Yeah. So um, 57th overall. So back of the second round from yep. the LA Rams and he's played in a lot of games. I mean, he's, yep. he's got 1500 yards uh, receiving so far in his career through, through four seasons. It's tailed off a little bit, you know, uh, this year he's only, he's got only 15 targets on uh, eight receptions, 108 yards, his best season uh, was 2021. Uh, that was probably the Rams' best season too, unless I'm, you know, getting confused, which I might be. Those things start running together for me a little bit. The years, it's like I remember the big ones for my teams: 1998, 2016. I remember those. 
Uh, but when it's like, all right, I have to start counting backwards. Like who won last year? Who won the year before? What year is it now? Um, I don't remember if that was our Super Bowl year or not, but that year he, he started all 17 games. He had 50 catches for 802 yards and six touchdowns. And uh, yeah, they handed him the ball in a couple reverses for 20 yards. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised, honestly, that they made this move. Um, you know, some of the instant comments on there was like, well, hell, they don't use the receivers they have. Well, maybe that's why. <laughs> um, you know, we've talked about them needing a, a a legit number two, somebody with some quickness, a jitterbug type, a tank Dell type. How might he have fit into this offense? Mm -hmm. um, that uh, this is, a, but it didn't cost them anything, you know, and I wonder if, if one of these guys might be nursing a little bit of injury. It cost them some money and, 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 and flipping a six for a seventh, no big deal. Low, low risk in that move. Yeah. Uh, again, just adds diversity to your wide receiver room and upgrades on the Kaderil Hodge slash Scotty Miller uh, profile. In my opinion, whether it be slot or Z uh, you're going to figure out a way to get him out there. The one thing that is a little bit not concerning, but I guess a little concerning, but you already have these weapons that finally this last week against Houston, you're getting them the football uh, distributing the ball. Well, I mean, we have good, uh, target numbers and whatnot for Kyle Pitts, you know, receiving seven receptions, Drake London was six. Yeah. You add another guy in there that might eat away at some of those top players, but from a overall holistic offensive approach, Jefferson's going to be helpful to this team. Uh, also not a small diminutive guy by any means. You bring up tank Dell tank Dell's fun jitterbug, but if you're asking him to block out a safety or anything like that, or, you know, cut or come back and cut block a linebacker, it ain't happening. Um, but uh, Van Jefferson can actually bring a little bit of that uh, to his game. That's a big, actually a giant prerequisite for what the Rams do offensively. You better bring a little bit of uh, blocking because of how much they rely on that slot player to come in and uh, clear some stuff out. So um, will Vance Jefferson, will Vance Jefferson, will Van Jefferson play the next game? Uh, probably not. I wouldn't expect to see him this week. Uh, I would, he, he's on, he'll be on the 53. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see him inactive. It's just, it's a lot to take in. Um, for, you know, in just a few days, uh, there was a question in here, uh, John Robert comes in and asks on Facebook, he says, do you know, his 40 time, uh, he didn't run at the combine and I just looked at the pro day. He didn't have a pro day number. The best thing I could find was Jim Nagy, who does such a great job with the senior bowl that his, his max speed at the, uh, at the senior bowl van, he couldn't run at the 40. Uh, Zebra Technology at the Senior Bowl had him at the as the fastest player at the Senior Bowl with a 21.05 miles per hour, which is faster than Devin Duvernay, Denzel Mims, Antonio Gibson. Um, and those guys ran 4.39, 4.38, 4.39. So he can move. He just might not be a quick starter. So I'd be interested mm -hmm. to see what his shuttle time is in that case as well. But he's he's got some good top end uh, when he's healthy as well. So um, want to make sure we're saying hello to some more folks that have come in. Um, Falcons 20, 20, 22, 30. Good morning, guys. Great to see Pitts line up finally like a tight end this week. He did seem to come uh, out of a little bit closer to the center in a lot of his big plays. It seemed like he was, he was coming in. And it was one of the questions I had, Nick, last week was, you know, lining him up out wider. Is, is he getting the separation he needs for a quarterback that doesn't have pinpoint accuracy like a Matt Ryan does? You know, Nick, as I started thinking about this, you know, I've always said I like big receivers because they're always open, but that's also taking the assumption that you've got a quarterback that can put it in a spot for them. Mm -hmm. If you overthrow or underthrow, it's an incompletion. It's it, it can't be at done. Best. So, well, at best. Yeah. At, at best, it's an incompletion. So 
when did Kyle Pitts have his most success as a Falcon? With Matt Ryan. Mm -hmm. um, put him inside, get him against some bigger athletes in the middle, and and exploit that the uh, the weapon he is. Yeah, I mean, good to see him play well. Good to see Drake London also uh, take off this week against a solid Houston defense. Hopefully that's gaining confidence. I mean, Kyle Pitts is still so young. Uh, he's still learning the position, and uh, you have a lot of time left for him to continue to grow. I mean, he was younger than almost every single tight end drafted in this last draft, and that was he was drafted two drafts ago, one of the youngest players coming out in that uh, 2021 draft. So patience is good uh, for him, and you see the athleticism, the talent, just maybe going to take a little time, and there's going to be ups and downs, but that's true for you know, a lot of pass catchers, right? It's a, it's a volatile, for the most part, it's a volatile position where some weeks you get yours, some weeks you don't. Uh, but good to see, excited to see if he can continue to do that and getting Desmond Ritter some confidence in the connection between the two. Kyle Pitts turned 20 years old, not turned 20. He started his Atlanta Falcons career when he was 20 years old. His birthday's in September. His first game was 20. Calvin Ridley was 20 years old in December of his senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. He aged out. He was he was already 20. So, yes, there is time in there. The concern, like I've said before, is burning the rookie contract, yep. which is okay if, if you know, he becomes the guy you want. You don't care what you pay him, honestly. If he becomes, you know, one of the greatest tight ends, period, you don't really care what you're paying him. But it's nice to have those rookie contracts. But I noticed, Nick, he had a big old wrap on his leg, on his upper leg. You could... They were wearing those black pants, but when he was getting up, it'd stretch. And I saw a big wrap around either his hamstring or his quad, but it went all the way around his upper leg. I'm like, all right, how many times have we talked about the muscle injuries that follow knee surgery? It's it's almost 100% of the time these guys have a, a calf twitch or a hamstring or a quad or a hip or something that goes along with it just because those muscles haven't been used in the same way for so long that when you go back to full speed, something gives. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's been slowing him up just a, just a little bit. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Uh, he's not looked 100% this year in his gait um, and his route running as well, although because he's so big and with the mass and whatnot that he carries uh, will be hard for him to ever be a phenomenal route runner. Needs to get a little bit more crafty savviness in those zones versus, you know, becoming a truly dynamic route runner. But yeah, he's going to be a uh, he's going to be fine and uh, excited to see him continue to hopefully stay healthy and uh, get out there and Ritter gain some confidence between the two because Kyle Pitts is a special type of talent out there and the league is better for him uh, hitting his ceiling. Kevin's made his way over to Facebook. He says, good morning, all I intentionally didn't open any negative Ritter comments and there was plenty of them. It was a good choice. Yeah, there there will be there will be negative comments about, you know, there's a million Falcons fans, you know, there's going to be people that just flat out don't like one player or another. Um, we were negative about his play the last couple of weeks, but fair. I try to try to say you can be negative and fair. We can be critical, but honest and not just seem to have an agenda. Um, Ritter played great. I want to see more. I'm not ready to anoint him as, you know, the, no. okay, the Falcons can forget about quarterback for the next 10 years. We're not, we're not there yet. He no. played great. Now stack it up, kid. This team's rooting for you. You're obviously very, very well liked within this organization. Keep it going, kid. Yeah, and I do think that this game does extend his leash a little bit, right? We always saying what the bye week, the next what was it six games now? Now it's five games, something like that. Where I was like, that's probably where you make a choice to look at that now. If he was playing absolutely dreadful like he was the previous two weeks, uh, then maybe that cuts down a little bit because you're still right in the thick of things in the NFC South. 
but this definitely extends that leash a bit. And even if he comes back next week and is like he was the weeks prior, you still have that other one to lean on and hopefully uh, build on going forward. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll get into this one because this is the worst defense that the Falcons will have played so far with, with the Commanders. Um, the uh, Not only as far as uh, their rankings go, but they're 31st in scoring. They've given up, you know who 32 is, Nick. Yeah. Uh, they've given up a lot of points. They're not in the top fifth, top half of any categories. Their rush defense has been poor. This is a time to to get right a little bit and lean on that defense and you know op- open things up just a little bit. Um, good morning, Michael Ranquillo, coming in from Tucson, Arizona. Good to see you. Mario Lindsay says good morning. Good morning to you as well. Brad Clark, good day. Rise up. Keith and Alan Johnson are here. Good to see you. Anthony Shea, hello there. Um, and, and Anthony says our low line will have a challenge with the commander's front four for sure. Um, their defense overall has given up a lot of points, but their front four is still good. Are they better than the what they faced in week one with the Panthers, Nick? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Ooh, I think it's probably equivalent. I mean, it's so close. I actually probably would go with the talent the commanders have uh, just because they have multiple guys in the interior. And I think uh, Brian Burns is a little bit more wishy-washy this year with all the trade talks and whatnot. So, I mean, I don't know if anybody will play in this game will play as well as Derek Brown did against the Falcons. But I mean, you have Deron Payne, you got Jonathan Allen, you got Montez Sweat, and you got Chase Young, who's had the flashes that look pretty darn uh still like that second overall pick when he has the flashes it's not what they expected obviously but yeah i think the defensive line for washington is more talented doesn't mean they're going to be better and the big thing that's been a absolute you know sinking hole for that ship of the defense has been first round pick emmanuel forbes i mean he has been dreadful out there for the commanders um they've been picking on him left and right he's having issues with tackling in the open field uh who would have thought you know a 160 pound uh, cornerback would have had some issues in the nfl uh but it took him over some good cornerbacks too we remember i think i remember doing the show with you scott we were both pretty shocked uh when that one came in over christian gonzalez that's right was he the was he the maryland kid no that was uh deontay banks who went to the he Giants. went high he was a he little bit surprised that he went that high forbes went 16 and he was the second cornerback taken, I believe. And he was the I one from remember this... talking about him leading up to the draft is a thing. Hardly. He was the one who had the crazy amount of pick sixes at Mississippi state, but had okay. the really weird body type. I mean, he looked like skeletal and it's like, what does that look like in the NFL? There's he's in the zeros percentile in weight. Uh, so he's had really struggling early on, uh, both in coverage down the field, but as well as in the quick pass game, teams are just, you know, blowing him up and he can't make a tackle. So I'm expecting a lot of trying to get, 
Emmanuel Forbes isolated in space against your big bodied guys. Golly. Drake London and Mac Hollins will have 60 pounds on this kid. Yeah, he's he's so skinny and he's tall too. It's like even like it's even a weirder body type. Like he's like six one, but one sixty. I was me in high school. I was skinny. <laughs> uh, Jay Roper says, "Howdy, MacTown, dirty in the house." Uh, Daniel uh, is here as well. He says, "I like the acquisition of Jefferson a lot. More speed and deep threats for Ritter to push the ball downfield or shift the coverage away from London, Pitts, and Hollins." Yeah, anything that can push the the defense back is just going to open up the running game. And then the running game is going to bring guys in, which is going to open up big plays. So it's all um, synergetic. Atlanta Dog 88 says, good morning, Scott. And Nick, rise up, go Braves. Um, Big Ant is here. Yeah, he says rise up and go Braves as well. Anthony Shea, Jefferson is a good vertical threat, and that may spread defense out as well. Yeah, the the numbers on the speed were really good. Um, he had a foot problem when he was going through pro days and combine, so he didn't run there. But he did uh, he did participate. I don't remember him. That may have been the bef- the year before I went down there. Um, I started what going to the Senior Bowl the year after that. Yep. Uh, Alberto Molina, good morning, fellas. Do you see any more trades coming up? That's a good question. Um, it's hard to predict. I mean, I bet if I scroll down a little farther, I can find some people asking for Danielle Hunter. And that would be a really nice one. Um, I saw a comment yesterday on Twix that said if the if the Falcons, you know, redo Grady Jarrett's contract, then they're going after Daniel Hunter. They don't have to. They they don't they don't have to do any of that. They can absorb Hunter's contract for this year, give him an extension, and all those kind of things, and lower it. And they absolutely can go after him. So we talked about Nick the silliness of talking about Lamar Jackson and all of that type of thing. You know, it's just, it, please stop national media. He's not leaving Baltimore. There's a chance Daniel Hunter could leave Minnesota. Yeah. That's a guy they should go after. Yes, I agree completely. I mean, obviously the medical checks would be big for him, but you're coming off a game with Houston where you had four pressures in the entire game. I mean, that's not going to get it done uh, for you guys. I know the edge rush, the interior defensive line is solid, but you really do need a guy that stirs the drink, so to speak, at edge. And if Daniel Hunter is available, I think you take that shot. I've, I'm i still somewhat intrigued by Chase Young, too, although I think they didn't accept his fifth-year option, so it's maybe just this year mm-hmm. as well. Maybe that's a better thing, so you're not on the hook for all the guarantees next year. I, I don't know. I know that I've heard that's maybe actually a detriment uh, for trading Jerry Judy is that guaranteed next season. Uh, but, yeah, Daniel Hunter seems to be the top of the pecking order, and edge is definitely the position. If I was the Falcons... That's where I'm looking to make a move. You're probably going to be out of range this upcoming draft to get a true number one. Although I do think there are four guys that are worthy of a top 16 pick in the upcoming draft. How I see it right now. So, uh, but edge is the spot that this team is obviously missing a difference maker. Yeah, they. I was I was amazed at how well they held a good passing game in check with almost zero pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and at times it felt like that was the game plan. Because they were so ineffective at getting to him. I'm like, okay, well, they're just hemming him in. And a little little horseshoe around around Stroud. Let him sit in there and get antsy and miss throws. And, and that worked. Um, we trust the backside of our defense. But, you know, that the, uh, the touchdown pass <clears throat> doesn't happen in the fourth quarter if you're able to get a little pressure because they don't have time to run a double move. You don't have time to run any kind of out and up or in and up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a pump fake and go of any kind. If there's a guy in your face, you don't have time to do that type of thing. I said I was going to compile all the pressures once I had, because <clears throat> I can't find it in one place. Pressures, 
you may you may know where one is, Nick. I can't find it. I can only see team pressures, and then I was going to put them in a spreadsheet and sort. I know the Falcons are still bottom third. They're not dead last in pressures the way they are in in uh, in sacks. You know, they're right around hovering 30, 31, 32. But it still isn't good. It's it still isn't good. No, you're able to put two guys on either Grady Jarrett and David Anyamada, and it's usually Grady Jarrett, and then single up on the other guys, and you know, do, block four with five guys. That that's really dangerous on the backside of your defense, Nick. Yeah, I mean, even in this game, Stroud had the average like three point two uh, times to drop back. It's uh, Got to be able to get after it a little bit more than the Falcons are, and that's definitely the area uh, that they're missing. I think they're playing sound football uh, in the back end. I think the back seven's doing well. I think the run fits are well as well. Believe me, that's uh, something you should not underappreciate given what I've seen in Denver this year. Uh, but the ability to pin your ears back and get after the quarterback is still missing. I mean, Grady Jarrett, Clayus Campbell, uh, good interior guys, but just the position of the field and the spacing you have, it's always going to be edge over interior defensive line. Uh, those interior defensive line, Aaron Donald types are absolute unicorns like Jalen Carter's. Uh, say, unfortunately, don't be careful saying that because there's one up in Philly that is yeah. going to trigger Falcons fans. It's doing pretty damn good right now. Yeah, he's uh, he's been unbelievable. I mean, that not said, even some... it's not like you missed with Bajon Robinson. No, no, you did not. Uh, but yeah, we'll be interesting to see what happens. And uh, Anthony says the big debate I've seen across the board is we should be shopping for a defensive tackle or a defensive threat. What do you think? I don't know about defensive tackle. I feel like edge. you're pretty stacked there. But edge, mm-hmm. absolutely, you should be looking for edge. Yeah, edge on the outside, which we hit. And there's a lot of questions in here about that. Hopefully, we we answered that question for y'all because it's a, it's a big topic. Uh, you should be looking for edge. And right now, the guy looks to be is available, is affordable. You know, it, and you you make him affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is is Daniel Hunter Minnesota Vikings? That's the guy uh, to keep an eye on. And, and Atlanta dog, I saw that question too. Um, you know, a lot of trade deadline questions. Chris Walker comes in on Facebook. He says, when is the trade line deadline this year? I think it's Halloween day. I think it's, uh, I think it's the 31st, which is, yeah, that's a Tuesday. So it's, it's October 31st at like 4 PM. So it's Halloween day. That one's easy to remember. It's always the, like the last Tuesday of October this year. That is October 31st is the trade deadline. Um, Want to get into uh, want to get into some of the let me let me hit Candler real quick. I'm just going to flash this and I'll read it because it we it kind of hides us under here. And it, but Candler, appreciate you coming in. Um, he says, uh, "Good morning, guys. Glad I could catch the show live. Happy about the pickup of Van Jefferson. Hopefully, it helps out uh, Desmond Ritter. But we could really use some help on the defense. Somebody free up the double teams on Grady Jarrett. Maybe free up space for Bud Dupree, who's looked good." Um, but your guy over the summer, I think his name is Tejon Spears, Titans running back. You spoke for us is doing fantastic, and Tank Dell is doing pretty damn good too. That would have been a nice fit in this in this offense for what you're looking for. That jitterbug type, I think, is what this team's really missing. Not really missing, but if you could add one skill type of player that is not you know superstar godlike ability, it's it's that jitterbug wide receiver. That that typical slot guy might help as much as anything. I mean, yeah, okay, well, you know, give me Andre Johnson. Give me Calvin Johnson. Yeah, that doesn't count. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I might lean into more of a uh, Marvin Mims type just because I'm all about hunting for the explosives where I think your running backs in this scheme and if you have that much space can uh, probably supplant some of the needs for that, you know, high-volume jitterbug type. Uh, but 
I have definitely a bias towards the speed receivers. Uh, I'm, I'm for a Tank Dell speed guy with quick separation that can make you play a little more zone because mm-hmm. you can't stick with him one on one within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, the the take the the, the deep threats always the, 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 those of course. You know the the um, the guys that you the four three guys. You know you always want one of those guys. Yeah, of course. Um, but I mean, just a, a pure skill set because we've got the guys that you're throwing the ball over the top to. Now we're at 30 minutes in. I think it's probably time to take a look at the Commanders here. Um, the Commanders, they I, I didn't know really what to expect. I'm like, okay, they. My my thought of the Commanders to start the season was this is one of the teams that's going to be picking top five. They're, they're just not very good. Sam Howell's okay. Well, one, Sam Howell's playing a lot better than I thought he was. Two, they come out of the gates 2-0, and but they did it against the Cardinals, and they did it against the Broncos. And then, okay, let's see what happens when the Bills come to town, and the Bills blow their doors off. Yeah, okay, yeah, they're kind of what we thought. And then they go and play the, the Eagles, play them lights out. You know, like, all right, well, maybe these guys are like a legit 500, 10-7 type of team. And then they go and, and get whipped pretty good by the Chicago Bears for their first win of the season. And Nick, yeah. I, I, just, I think the offense is a little too inconsistent, and I just don't think their defense is good enough. That I, I think eventually it'll wear down, and this will be a end up being like a six and eleven type team. This is a game the Falcons should win. They should absolutely win this game. The matchups are so much in their favor. This is a game they need to win. They they if they're going to be a playoff team, they have to win this game. They have to be able to beat teams like the Commanders. Yeah, I don't disagree with you one bit on that. I mean, these games, if you want to be a playoff contender uh, out there, you have to take care of business against the Commanders. And I think it's a game where Desmond Ritter had his best game last week, but the offense still coughed the ball up two times. Uh, You can't. How the Commanders win this game is they beat you in the turnover battle. Uh, So you got to protect the football. you got to take it away. And if you do that, you should cruise to a victory. I saw a comment earlier about why run the ball against the Commanders' uh, defensive line if they're so good. Well, I think you want to do that because then you keep you make them stay in their lanes a bit when they rush the quarterback. You know, it's not going to be the we can pin our ears back because we know you're dropping back every time. It's a different mentality when you have to play the run on top of the pass from the defensive line. So you want to keep them honest uh, and be physical with them. There's, it's like a we talk about it, Scott, a boxing terms is body blows with the run game. You make them play more honest and protect the quarterback in, uh, and your offensive line in that regard. And, and frankly, Nick. <clears throat> You don't really stop the rush with your front four. It, yeah. it it it's there's too much space out there. The guys are the running backs are too fast. The numbers are too far against you. The front four where those guys really come into play is one: can they occupy? But can they hold their space and free up your linebackers? Can they free up a safety cheating in? You stop the run with seven guys. It's it's if I can get pressure with my front four in a passing game, and they can then my passing defense should be pretty good. If I can get, if I can stop the run with seven guys, my front five and two linebackers and not have to commit a safety or cheat in with my cornerbacks, I should be pretty good in run defense. That's pretty much base. Mm-hmm. They've got a good front four, but it's after that they're, they're questionable. And y'all, they've got the 24th rushing defense in the NFL, 24th. They haven't played a team that's going to run the ball like the Atlanta Falcons, except maybe the, the Bears are close. The Bears can do that at times if they want to. But am I wrong in saying that looking at the teams they've played, the Arizona Cardinals, Denver Broncos, Buffalo Bills, Philadelphia Eagles, and Chicago Bears. Okay, 
they've played some good rushing teams. They haven't had a lot of success in stopping them. So the front four, if that's all they got, run right at them. It'll slow them up. It'll slow them up in their pass defense. Do you want to, if that's all they've got, run it right at them and it'll wear them down. It'll wear down that front four. Yeah. And hopefully then when you're doing that, it'll cause somebody like Emmanuel Forbes to get a little bit over aggressive or anybody in that Washington back seven who's struggling and uh, accelerate that team probably to firing their uh, defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, who's been not very good uh, out there in Washington. It's just, it's too much talent to be as bad as they are. Uh, so we got big ant coming in saying they have trouble stopping the run and they're second to last in scoring. Yep. The back seven has been horrible in Washington. They still have talent on that defensive line, but just not overall uh, pretty good in that back seven. Yeah. They're giving up a lot. They played some good offenses. Um, you know, like I said, I, I went through those, the, the teams they've played and they've played, you know, they played the Cardinals. They played the Broncos, the bills, Eagles, and bears. And we're not quite sure what the bears are just yet, but Justin Fields, looked like the second like, like he was playing college ball mm-hmm. um you know 300 yards four touchdowns no interceptions it's only the second time he's had four touchdowns in a game it just happens to be two weeks in a row D- dj more baptized that secondary too i mean they even called that play wrong but they said he stepped out that should have been another dj more touchdown uh <laughs> it's just yeah he uh just obliterated them jason b says when are we getting that edge scott i tell you what let's look at the schedule here for uh for the Atlanta Falcons. Let's look at this schedule. You're three and two now. We've said four and two after commanders. We've said Buccaneers. Okay. The Buccaneers are okay at Buccaneers. If you win that game five and two, and then if you go to the Titans who are playing very poorly on the 29th and you're six and two, go for it. Freaking go for it, man. Um yeah. if you if you if you're hovering around 500, you know, if you you lose one of those games and you're five and three, maybe if you're four and four, probably not. But if you're six and two on Monday, October 30th, go for it. Fuck, freaking go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> we'll slip that one slip. Yeah. Go for it. That's That's what I think. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Because Daniel Hunter would be good for, it wouldn't just be a, a rental. You could no. give up a second rounder or you know a second and a third something, and get this guy for a couple of years. You could re-sign him for three, four years. I would probably offer two threes 
in that scenario, personally, just because the injury uh, concern with him. But yeah, he's a very good player. Um, has been super underrated uh, for his entire career. Uh, coming out of LSU, third round pick, and that's one reason you bet on the traits with those edge rushers. He didn't have a very productive time at LSU, but uh, been amazing for the Vikings. And if you can get him, I think you that's a guy I'd be looking for. Jacqueline A. Galloway coming in here with a super sticker. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. We appreciate you. $4.99 helps us a heck of a lot and keeps the lights on for these Falcons shows. So we appreciate you. Yeah, Jackie, it's a huge help. So thank you so much for checking in with us and supporting the show. Um, really appreciate it. You need anything? Let us know. Certainly appreciate it. Um, Jason, we were talking about this. He goes, I don't know about Danielle. While he's good, we'd have to give up draft compensation. If he's good, you don't care. Uh, and pay him. We got AJ and maybe Akuda to pay as well, and, and, and a bunch of one-year deals. You do, um, AJ uh, Terrell. Because when I first read this, I was thinking we've got Arnold Ebiketti. I'm like, that's not enough right now. Um, mm-hmm. Bud Dupree's on a one-year deal. He's he's older. That's your switch right there. You, you take Hunter for for Bud Dupree. Um, that's where you make that. That's where you make that deal. Um, but there is there's going to be money that will be available to, to, to do this. Um, if Danielle Hunter is available and it's not overly expensive cost prohibitive from a draft pick perspective, I'd, I'd be all in for that. I would, I, I would, I would, uh, sanction that move, Nick. Yeah. And, uh, just, you talked about it earlier and I did find, uh, the data for pressures and honestly, it's pretty surprising. Uh, it paints the Falcons in a very good light in terms of being a positive regression candidate for pressures. Um, so, so far this season, they have, let's see, the sixty-nine. <laughs> the number one team in the NFL in pressures is the Eagles, who have 63 pressures uh, through five games. But the Falcons are in here. God, I just saw them. They're about, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, see, they're eight, counting eight, them differently then. This isn't, a, this isn't an official stat because I looked through all of this. I started looking through these the other day. And PFS, PFF has the pressures for the the Philadelphia Eagles at 109. Hmm. Okay. So I'll run through, I will, I promise y'all, I'll run through the PFF pressures and see what they think because they've got the Eagles at 109 um, and they've got the Atlanta Falcons at, uh, I think it was like at 69. Okay, well, they got the pressures. They've got them at 69. Okay, well, I'm going off football rep pro uh, pro football reference, which mm-hmm. typically is pretty good, but it is again not an official stat. Uh, right. So a little bit in the eye of the beholder here, but uh, they have the Eagles 63. Command uh, Falcons are there at uh, 11th overall with 49. The pressure rate is also the fifth best in the NFL. So what does that say to me? Sacks should come. Um, right now, you're getting after the quarterback. Uh, sacks are fluky and fluctuate a lot, uh, but typically pressures are more predictable and consistent. So. Overall, um, you know, it's like good, good, good baseball hitter. You're making good contact, but your bat, batting average and balls in play is extremely low. That's going to normalize here at some point coming up. And I, I would also take a look at, okay, what did, what is your average exit velo? Are you putting it in play, but are you hitting it hard? Yeah. Um, they've only got 22 quarterback hits, their pressures. So, you know, they're not, they might be pressuring him, but they're not getting to him in time to really affect him. 22 quarterback hits versus, Let's not let's let's use another good defense. The Eagles are an anomaly. I swear they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to use the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens have hit the quarterback only 18 times. No, yeah, they've hit them, terrible. But they, it says they've got 18 times with 18 sacks with 108 pressures. So again, half half the time. Yeah. So again, I think you can. Uh, 
I think you can do more. I think you can do more there. Um, how would you attack? You know what? We, we hit on the defense. You know, we know what the Falcons are trying to do. You know, they want to run the ball. They want to take their shots. They want to, they want single coverage on the outside. They want to uh, establish a run, play action off of it. How are the, how are the commanders with the 18th overall offense, the 12th passing 24th rushing defense uh, offense and 17th and scoring. What are they going to try to do to attack this Falcons defense? I am guessing that they're going to try to isolate uh, Jeff Akuda as much as they possibly can and uh, target to try to match up him with either Terry McLaurin or Jahan Dotson and get some vertical shots. Uh, Sam Howell is playing aggressive football boarding, bordering on greedy sometimes. So he's going to take some shots down the field and try to push the ball, hanging the pocket a little bit long and they'll be aggressive and try to push the envelope a tad. So that's what I expect them to try to do. Uh, they don't really have much dynamism in the run game. They have Brian Robinson, who is a fourth round pick, I believe out of Alabama. He's fine. Um, he's like one of those classic, like you can find a running back, use them up and then move on to the next guy kind of things uh, for them in that backfield. So uh, we will see how they go. But I mean, the offense is going to go as Sam Howell goes. He's a volatile player right now and he's aggressive. You want to take advantage of that aggression. If you can do that, uh, you should win this game. And I keep an eye on Curtis Samuel, assuming he's healthy. Uh, they like to use him in a variety of different ways. Lots of motion, swing routes, uh, quick stops, that type of stuff. So keeping an eye on him uh, in that direction. Um, you know, looking at their, their PFF grades for the team, uh, it looks like their offensive line is playing okay. Um, you've got uh, Charles Leno is, is highly graded. Sam Cosme's playing pretty well. Curtis Samuels right there. Brian Robinson, he's a, he's a handful. Terry McLaurin has killed this team the last couple of years. And one of them was with Taylor Heineke the last time the commanders were uh, at, at the Benz, keeping, uh, keeping Heineke and then extending those plays, which Hal can do. So they're going to have to keep him in the pocket as well. Yeah, they got to keep him in the pocket. I, I think this is a game you'll have some normalization um, with the sacks and the pressures. I mean, Howell is super aggressive, and I kind of saw it this last week with my uh, my Iowa Hawkeyes uh, as well. They only, I think, they were dead last in the NFL in or in college football and sacks, uh, but they also had the fasci- fastest fastest uh, snapped release of any team in football. And then they play Purdue, who was terrible at that. You know, really aggressive, and Iowa had like eight sacks or something in the game. I expect you to get after the quarterback here at Tad uh, because Howell is going to be aggressive and he tries to play in the pocket like a, a bumper car. Uh, he is thick, but he's not, you know, Anthony Richardson, Josh, Josh Allen out there, which sometimes he tries to play that kind of kind of guy. So should be able to bring him down. You do. He's because he is thick though. You need to come at him with intention of taking him down little arm tackles or whatnot. He can escape those and then make plays down the field. So uh, good technique, good discipline uh, when you are finishing them in the pocket. I, I feel pretty good about the linebacking core. We'll see if Troy Anderson is is going to play a little bit more this week. Landman has done a very good job of doing his job in that spot. Mm-hmm. And then Caden Ellis, I'd like to see him get a little bit more of a free role where he can start attacking the line of scrimmage because he was really good at that last year and he hasn't really been used uh, in, the, in the blitz game. Terry McLaurin mm-hmm. in two games. He has 107, 10 catches for 171 yards and two touchdowns, which isn't a ton. I mean, it's a it's a lot, but it seems like all of those catches come in the most critical moments. <laughs> As the Waterwalk says, McLaurin is a Falcons killer. Uh, yeah, keep that guy uh, pretty well shot. Make somebody else beat you. Make somebody mm-hmm. else beat you uh, this time. 
Uh, Breon, good to see you, Breon. He says, I've been impressed with Sam Howell. He's aggressive but smart and makes great reads. Should be a good matchup. Um, he he is aggressive. It feels like, you know, he plays fun. Like, I'm not here to have fun. I'm, I'm, I'm on borrowed time here. I don't know how long before they're going to replace me. I better take my shot. Um, he's got six touchdowns, six interceptions right now. So that's a one-to-one ratio, which you don't particularly like. No. Fairly... Decent completion percentage, though. So the ball isn't hitting the ground very often because he's completing it at a 70% rate, but he is giving the ball away. Be careful going over the middle, Sam. There's a safety in Atlanta that likes interceptions. And let's, let's put this one on the the uh, Jesse Bates for the Pro Bowl reel. Let's let's have one of those games this week. All. What do you think? Yeah, it would be a good get uh, for them this week. I've leads, tied the lead in the NFL with three interceptions and – He's got the Q rating now after signing that contract also. Uh, so Jesse Bates, Pro Bowl, maybe, I mean, all pros matter more than the Pro Bowl, but he's trending that direction this season. Uh, also did want to give a shout out. I thought um, Richie Grant uh, flashed a tad in this last game as well. Um, so hopefully we will uh, continue to see that um, from uh, both those players. I mean, he had three tackles overall, one one run stop as well. I, I've been tough on Richie Grant, but I think that obviously – Playing second fiddle to Jesse Bates helps a tad, and I think he's been better uh, out there this year. John Harrell, thank you. I do this live, and sometimes things get uh, confusing when we go live. Trey Anderson's out. He, he ain't coming back. Apologies. Um, I had concussion in my head again. No, he, he's out. He's not coming back. Uh, big mistake on my part. Apologies. Um, so, yeah, get well soon, Troy. And sorry about that, Falcons fan. That was, that was a mistake on my side. Uh, it's it happens injuries kind of run together especially when you're covering two teams um is <laughs> the stuff kind of runs together so yeah anderson i do think they miss him in terms of the blitz packages but i've been pretty impressed with uh landman um he's you know obviously has limitations but he plays well in that funnel and uh makes plays he would yeah he, uh, he needs to i uh, even had a hurry i think a hit in this last game as well so uh they've been they've been fine there do they have you know true elite dynamic difference makers at linebacker i don't see that but they've been more than adequate Jordan says, good morning, guys. Glad I missed the show. These next four to five games can be a huge run for us. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, I mentioned we talked all year about the the schedule and how it isn't that tough. It's gotten tougher. The commanders, I'm not sure. I, we're just not really sure who they are. Uh, are they the team that, you know, that that loses to the Bears? Are they the team that goes toe-to-toe with the Eagles? We're not sure yet. It's still a little too early to tell. But the Buccaneers... The Buccaneers are sitting there at three and one. They've only they had a bye week. Um, they're favored in this game coming up in, in in two and a half. But what what does their schedule look like so far? They've beaten the Vikings. They've beaten the Bears, and they've uh, they beat the Saints pretty well. But they lost pretty handily to the Eagles. So again, Vikings they're one and four. Bears they're one and four. Saints. Their wins, again, going back to the talk about what, what we don't do or don't know about the Saints, the Saints' wins have come against the Titans, the Panthers, 0-5, and, and the Patriots, 1-4, and who have turned into two of the worst three teams in the NFL right now. I think maybe the only one that you could put in there is maybe the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know what we've got with these winning records they're better than we thought because they are winning these games, but we do still don't know what we've got with the with the Buccaneers and the Saints. And frankly, for the Atlanta Falcons, if the Falcons mm-hmm. are going to be a playoff team, they're going to be an, an upper echelon NFC team this year. They got to go beat the Commanders. This is a team they have to win. Have yeah, to I mean, 
it's not a must win game, but it is a, if you are the team that you want to be and expect to be, uh, then you come in and take care of business against them. So that's a big one. <laughs> Justin's farmer coming in saying, wait, we got Terry McLaurin. We're talking Washington game. You traded for Van Jefferson, but you're coming up against the commanders and obviously have to talk about scary Terry, uh, when you do that. So no, uh, Terry McLaurin would be awesome uh, to get, but talking no. about that, that, Talking about that skill set that would fit like a round peg, round hole, Terry McLaurin in this offense. Yeah. Yes. I mean, in any offense, again, he's really, yeah. really good. But he's not a guy that's like, okay, if I were to go get Justin Jefferson, does that take away from what Kyle Pitts and Drake London want to do? Well, yeah, it does. It should. <laughs> yeah, Justin it Jefferson. does. Okay. They can play in the slot and stuff too, but it does. But McLaurin... I can drop him in the slot and I can move him all around. It's, it's a little different. Um, and Justin Jefferson, you know, it's best receiver in the league. Um, you know, and, and Brian agrees with you. So do I, Richie Grant did play, did play better. And it's good to see him making those steps that, that certainly matters uh, with him. Cause he was driving. They, that was a premium pick on a safety and you need him to play at that level. Dwayne comes in. He says, what's up, Scott, Nick, I'm a, uh, Elated to catch you all live. Good to see you. He says, Ritter's not dead yet. Great job, gentlemen, dropping those good comments. And we certainly appreciate it. Good to uh, good to have you here. So the commanders are not hard. They're just in a division with the Eagles. And they played the Eagles toe-to-toe, but then they turn around and lose to the Bears. Now they've had some time off. They've had a little extra time to, comp- to, uh, to prepare. And they're coming against the Falcons, coming off a good win against... What's, what's their record at home now? It was pretty good last year. Uh, was it six and two last year, three and zero oh this year? Yeah, you know, so they're they're playing pretty well at home. Um, it it still really bothers me to see that lower bowl half full, uh, or and if it is full, it's full of other teams just because of the way they've screwed up selling tickets to actual Falcons fans in this city. But those of y'all in the middle and upper decks and who forked out the money. God bless you. You're you're making a difference out there. Uh, so certainly, certainly appreciate. <laughs> no, Justin, yeah, we didn't get Terry McLaurin. We were talking about Terry McLaurin facing Terry McLaurin. Uh, sorry just if that to, was any. As bad as I screwed up Troy Anderson, I probably said McLaurin's headed this way no. too. No, and just to be clear, Justin's coming in late. What receiver did the Falcons trade for? They traded from the Rams, Van Jefferson. So uh, we're, dead. we're not talking about trading for a commander's receiver. We're talking about previewing the commander's Falcons game. And Keith and Ellen Johnson comes in, says uh, Desmond Ritter seems to be reading the field a little better, not staring guys down, just a little bit more confident uh, coming forward. Granted, you know, Houston's been playing good football, but Derek Stingley is out, right? Hamstring injury, uh, secondary is lacking. So I love Jalen Petrie uh, for the Texans, but uh, they're missing some guys in that back end. So want to see him stack it and get a little bit more confident. Uh, the bar was pretty low following those two weeks prior, <laughs> but uh, definitely best, probably the best game of his career, and hopefully he can continue that. Yeah, and I I agree with what uh, the Johnsons here are saying, which is you saw him start one way, smoothly go to the other read and, and release. That hasn't mm-hmm. happened this year. That, that hasn't happened. It's like I'm watching, and then I get nervous. Then I get nervous. Then someone gets near me, and I, I fall down. I get sacked. Um, it's been It's been, you know, he's using his eyes to manipulate the defense. It was a big step forward for him this last game. Hopefully he can continue and not take two steps back. That's, that's what we're going to find out because this is a team he should have success against. Uh, yeah. the, the running game should work, which should open up the passing game. The defense has been playing phenomenally. This is a team at home 
again, I'll say it again. The Falcons should beat the Commanders. Um, that's will they? We'll see. They got to take care of business. That's why they play them. But this is a this is a game to be who they want to be this year. They need to win. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, hopefully, we'll be uh, better. And let's see. FPI has the Falcons winning this one, fifty-eight uh, percent of the time. So that's a good one. And I don't see what the uh, spread is exactly, but should be feeling uh, pretty good about, about four and a half. Hmm. I would expect it a little higher. I'd have guessed to five and a half. Um, a, it's actually two and a half. Wow. Yeah, it's huh. two and a half with a 58% win on ESPN's game task. I'd set it about four and a half. So yeah. at two and a half, I don't like advising my the teams that I cover. It's There's too much recency bias. Mm-hmm. There's too much emotions in there. I really care about this community in here. I do not like doing that. So I'm, you try and recognize that bias and adjust for it, but it's really hard. Um, so I, 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 I do much better picking games that I'm not involved with, but yeah. I feel like minus two and a half slow. I feel like the Falcons should win this game by six, seven. Yeah. I, I probably would have said it at five and a half. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. And I expect the Falcons over to- on this off the top of my head, the way these teams are scoring points, I'd say 42, 43. It's 42 and a half. Huh? <laughs> there you go. Don't touch the over under. Yeah, yeah, 42 and a half. Um, it's a good question from Jordan right here. This was a trending topic. You know who's calling this game for CBS, Nick? I saw it was Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah Matt Ryan Matt calling Ryan. the game. Excited to see it. I'm curious. I think there's going to be some Falcons fan like, well, God, why is he being so rough on us? He should be cheering for us. Well, he's national media. He needs to, he might overcorrect a little bit to yep. not be biased, which everybody should appreciate that situation. Yeah, he might be overly critical. Uh, that happens a lot. And, to, you know, Kirk Herbstreet's hated by Ohio State fans more than just about everybody. And whenever you hit the level that Kirk Herbstreet has, you're going to have your legions of haters. I think he does a really good job, personally. Try and be fair. And we all hate the announcers. I think Kirk Herbstreet does a really good job. There's a lot of these guys I, I really enjoy listening to. And um, Breon Green says, uh, anyone's better than Vilma. That's not one of the guys I enjoy listening to, to be uh, to be frank. Um so I would agree with you on that one. Uh, we are just about to get out of here. There is, uh, we're at 55 minutes. We're just about done. Um, prediction. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get that out of the way as, as we finish off here. Yeah, I think the Falcons are going to win this one 27 to 20. Uh, I think that they'll be able to take care of the ball. Like I said, it's going to come down to turnovers in that regard uh, for this team. But Washington's going to put the ball in harm's way plenty. And that back seven has struggled a lot. So I think the Falcons will take care of business in this one. I think Ritter will probably look okay in this one. He, he won't look, you know, I, I don't think he'll look as good as he did against Houston, but I'm expecting the the run game actually to get a little bit going here. I'm, I want some Bijan Robinson uh, highlights coming out of this one. And I like, I like the, I'm still a big fan of Tyler Algier. Um, mm. I am, I, I like seeing those guys get loose in the secondary. Uh, yeah. I like seeing the tight end run. I, I, someone else mentioned it earlier, so I want I'm ready to see some some yards after the catch. I do. I, I want to see. I want to see Kyle Pitts in stride. I want to see him in the backfield with guys trying to drag down this beast uh, that are you know 50 pounds lighter than him. I, I want to see that he's he's making catches, but it's a lot of elevated catches. It's a lot of turns and boxing out. I want to see him running. I want to see him catching and catching and running. But I, I like the Falcons. This one about 27, 17. Um, yeah. Jordan Brown's got 28, 15. Jason B says 30, uh, 30 to 10 cash is 28, 10. Um, 
and again, I see some comments from our Monday, uh, our Monday shows. And thank you for leaving those, by the way, when you're coming in, uh, we get a lot. Most of our views come after the fact. So leave us a comment. I'm, we're, we're checking them all the time. Um, you know, it was the Texans. Texans fans are poo-pooing their team. That's mostly from Texans fans. I'm like, listen, that Texans team was playing well. You don't you don't go into Jacksonville and beat the Jaguars and then throttle the Steelers and and be bad. It's like, well, we only won three games last year. I, that's, that's last year. This, I, I promise you, this team's going to win more than three. Games. That was a that was a solid win. Oh yeah, off to the Super Bowl now, huh? I'm like, no, no. We we said ten and seven after a four and two start. They're on schedule. No one's talking crazy here. No one's talking Super Bowl. So we're coming out of here yeah. saying. Everybody's thinking the Falcons beat the, the the Commanders. Well, yeah, I think the Falcons are a better team than the Commanders. I think they're in a better spot in their building of a team. I think they're more secure, basically across the board at just about every position in in the trenches at wide receiver. They're they're three years into this thing, yeah, and they're at home. They should beat the Commanders. I'm pretty surprised by the two and a half point spread. I'm not going to be honest. I'm trying to make sense of that. <laughs> what do they know that we don't? Um, but yeah, I think the Falcons will win this one. It's not a gimme game still. I mean, this is a, this is, there's talent on this team and Sam Howell can go unconscious and make some really high level plays. Uh, but with that, a lot of times comes the risk of the turnover. So you got to take advantage when those opportunities come. The Falcons aren't good enough right now to have any game be a gimme, you know, uh, overcoming (laughs) overcoming those two turnovers in the second half was big. Cause like you said, if you're minus two in the turnover battle, you're like losing 90% of the time. So yes. Winning that game with two turnovers in the second half against a well-playing Houston Texans team, that was a good win. Mm-hmm. They're yep. gonna uh, gonna throw this one on you, Nick. Falcons 70 to 20. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Um 27-13 from John Harrell. Uh, and, and as Jordan says, we need more consistent play for better odds. They've been pretty consistent at home, so it's time. On that note, y'all, we're gonna get out of here. I am not positive if we will be here Monday or not. Uh, I am traveling with Travel Baseball over the weekend, and I will be uh, gone. I'm supposed to fly back Monday afternoon, so if I get good internet and things are good, I'll, I'll, I'll do a pod from the hotel, and I might just record one, so we'll see. So make sure you're hitting the, the subscribe buttons or the follow buttons if you're on, on Facebook so you get those notifications. Uh, I will be on Twix. I'll announce it on Twix at Scout Kennedy if, uh, if we're not going to go. I'm not sure yet. I'm leaning towards no. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back on Wednesday to discuss the game and look forward to the next one and, and break it all down. But we appreciate y'all being here for sure. Make sure you hit that like and share button. It's a huge help to everything that we do. Uh, Jackie, again, thank you for the super sticker. That's a big uh, a big support for our show. Helps keep the lights on and keeps this big forehead nice and shiny. Nick, final words before we get out of here. No final words. Everyone have a good day. Um, hump day. I'll get through it. So, uh, I don't know. Hopefully Broncos don't get too embarrassed Thursday night. The next time that you see me, I won't be, have a bag on my head. <laughs> it's, it, we'll see. It, it, at least with, uh, it'll be over on Thursday night. The, the Broncos yeah. and Chiefs looking forward to seeing that one just for the, oh my God factor. And and the, the Broncos are going to be really interesting the way the Falcons were interesting over this last off season. And then they could be doing a lot of business uh friday will be off for sure will i will not be doing the show on friday um i have an airplane ride on friday morning so we won't be here friday the falcons podcast will be back definitely on wednesday maybe on monday we'll see for that everybody have a great day we appreciate y'all being here 
Enjoy the football that's coming up starting tomorrow. And uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, peace.